He felt that it would be an impossible task for an army to enter Lanka. First of all, how would Rama, accompanied by a horde of monkeys, cross the sea, which he had just crossed? Even if they succeeded in crossing, how would they assail this bastion which looked impregnable? The lookout post would be able to see anyone as soon as he landed on the shore. Even my father, the god of wind, would not be able to enter the city undetected, he thought to himself. Anyway, he decided that he would go and discover the whereabouts of Sita, for that was his immediate task. He waited till darkness had set in, and then shrunk his body even further to that of a small cat and went near the gate. He saw seven and eight-storied palaces having pillars gleaming with pearls and coral. Precious stones were studded on the walls, and the perfume of incense was rising from the hearts. He waited till a pale moon floated across the sky, accompanied by attendants of stars. He was so small that he could easily have slipped through the bars of the gate. But as he tried to do so, he was accosted by the Rakshasi, who was the guardian of the gate. Who are you? she demanded. You look like a monkey. Why have you come here? Tell the truth or forfeit your life. No one can enter Lanka without my permission. Hanuman spoke humbly. Tell me, O lady, who you are. Why are you standing in this frightening pose? She said gruffly, My name is Lankini, and I am here to obey the orders of the king. I have been ordered to kill anyone who enters without reason, and I am going to kill you unless you tell me the purpose of your visit. Unruffled by this apparition, Hanuman said, Madam, I have heard about the beauty of Lanka, and I have come here to see it for myself. I just want to see its glories, and then I will go away. I have not come here to stay. She was not impressed by his sweet words and said, You are a stupid little monkey. You will have to fight with me if you wish to enter. So saying, she gave him a box on his face. Without saying a word, Hanuman boxed her back with his left hand. Even though he did not use all his strength, she fell down with a thud. She was really astonished to be fell by a small, cat-like monkey. She said, I had a boon from Brahma that I would be invincible but he also warned me that I would be vanquished by a monkey. When such a thing happened, he told me that it was foreboding of disaster for the Rakshasas. I see now that the time has come for Ravana to be vanquished. I suppose that you have come in search of Sita. You are at liberty to enter the city and do what you wish. So saying, Lankini vanished from the city forever. Having got rid of the presiding deity of the city, Hanuman entered the fabulous city of Lanka and stared spellbound. Wherever he looked, he saw nothing but beauty. There was music everywhere, tinkle of anklets on women's feet, the rustle of silks and satins, perfume of jasmine and sandalwood, and palaces gleaming in the silvery sheen of the moon. The army was parading the streets, but he was so small that no one noticed him. At one place he saw the fabulous aerial chariot of Ramana, which he had stolen from his brother, Kubera. It was called Pushpaga, or the flower chariot. Pushpa means flower, and the chariot was covered with flowers and many wonderful things. He jumped onto the platform surrounding it and gazed, fascinated. At last he reached a palace which was even more magnificent than the rest. 
This must be Ravana, she thought. He slipped in through the doorway, which was exquisitely carved and inlaid with gems and pearls. The seats, couches and beds were all of gold, set with gems. The rooms glowed with a shine emanating from all this gold and jewels. All the wealth of Kubera seemed to be here. The scene was one of revelry and rioting. Hundreds of voluptuous-looking females sprawled about in various states of abandonment. Some lay on the carpets with disheveled hair and scattered jewels. Some were dancing, some, some drinking. The red dots on their forehead were often smeared by their lovers' hands. Their girdles were loosened, clothes crushed and garlands trampled. Pearls gleamed in the moonlight between their heavy breasts and gold pendants hung from their ears. Some ladies were caressing their lovers who were totally inebriated. Others were rubbing sandal paste on their perspiring bodies. Some sprawled naked, some were welcoming their lovers with eager kisses, while a few virtuous ones were ensconced in their husbands' arms. They were all enchanting to look at, elegantly clad, fragrant with flowers, with curved eyes and long lashes and sidelong glances, guaranteed to entice all men. All the most beautiful women from various parts of the world had been captured and brought to Lanka by Ravana. He had caused to the length and breadth of all the worlds in his aerial vehicle, grabbing the virgin daughters of the Nagas, Gandharvas, Daityas, Danavas and Rishis, all of them had cried and struggled when they were captured and sworn to kill themselves, but in the end they had succumbed to his charms, for his expertise in the art of love-making was proverbial. He had been cursed by their parents over and over again, and by those whom he had brought forcibly. Seeing all these glamorous beauties, Hanuman began to feel sorry for Ravana. Instead of being content with all these women, he was deliberately courting death by capturing Sita. Most of the women were obviously under the influence of wine. Hanuman's eyes roved over all of them and he knew for sure that none of these abandoned women could be Sita, however beautiful they might be. He had cre created a mental picture of Sita as Rama had described her and he was sure that the description did not fit any of these women. Suddenly on top of a magnificent dais, Hanuman saw a cot made of crystal, ivory, sandalwood and gold. It was unbelievably beautiful and he stood for a while admiring it. The white umbrella of royalty was above it. Creeping up closer, he found Ravana sleeping on it. He was a magnificent figure of a man with huge, powerful arms and broad chest covered with white silk. Close by was a woman sleeping on a separate cot wearing jewels of pearls and gems. Her beauty was such that she really did not need any ornaments. Her skin was golden in hue and she had an elegance which made him think that he had found Sita. Then he realized that Sita would never be able to sleep like this without Rama beside her. She would not be clad in silks and jewels. She would not be found in Ravana's harem. Of this he was sure. He wandered about from room to room of the palace without finding Sita. He felt rather embarrassed at the thought of being forced to look at all these voluptuous females in seductive poses. But then he realized that though he was moving among such extraordinary beauties, his mind was totally unaffected and untouched by them. Unlike all other Vanaras, Hanuman was a Brahmachari, 
and had never entered the marital status. He covered every inch of space in the palace and then scored the gardens and arbors. He was feeling more and more distressed as the night wore on. Sita was nowhere to be found. He began to think that perhaps she had killed herself or been eaten by the Rakshasas. He knew that he could not return without some information about her, either of her demise or her whereabouts. If he hears that she is dead, Jama will give up his life. <coughs> he was sure of it. He knew that he could not return without some news. Better for me to go and take to a life of sannyasa rather than return without any news. At last he suddenly spied another grove filled with Ashoka trees which he had overlooked. It was the only place he had not searched so far. He jumped to the top of the wall surrounding the grove and looked down. It was obviously a favorite haunt of the demon king for it was very well tended. Rare trees and flowers were growing in abundance. There were several beautiful ponds with banks covered with white sand. The steps leading to them were exquisitely carved. The night was passing and he had still not discovered Sita. The birds were beginning to wake up and flew up in clouds, chirping angrily, disturbed by Hanuman's jumps. At last he decided to hide himself in the foliage of a big tree which overlooked a splendid platform in the hope that Sita might come there. Thus ends the first canto called Leap to Lanka of the Sundarakanda in the glorious Ramayana of the sage Vasmiki. Hari Om Tatsu. Vasishta says, The nature of a person who is free from precepts and concepts but is not dead and whose mind is pure and clear like the winter sky is pure consciousness from the Yoga Vasishta.